What's up, everybody? Welcome to Beyond the Course Pod. Today's guest is Stefania Oates, a health and fitness coach. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. Me too. Thank you for doing this. So tell us a little bit about yourself. As I said, you're a health and fitness coach, but also an avid golfer. Um, give us a little bit of background into your into your life, what it is you do and, and how you got into golf. Yeah. So um, on a day to day basis, I'm a, I'm a fitness coach and I help people make healthy decisions so that they can go on and be their best selves um, and create just really healthy habits for a lifetime. Um, so my career journey kind of started as teaching a lot of fitness classes. So I would teach spin, yoga, you know, all the group X classes, circuit classes, things like that. And I was, I was teaching so much like five to eight classes a day. Wow. And, and then due to the pandemic, you know, that kind of really threw a wrench in the system as all the gyms, at least in California closed for primarily the entire time. Um, and so now I've transitioned my business all online. And so I have an online fitness program that you can do from the comfort of your own living room. They're all pre-recorded workout videos uh, where I'm doing the entire workout with, you know, uh, my members who are doing them at home. So that's kind of what my business looks like now. So it's changed a lot from, you know, my main priorities being making playlists and creating workouts to now handling online marketing and ha sending out <laughs> emails. So it's, it's very much um, more of like the back end business kind of stuff where I was kind of just used to being this like fitness star that just showed up and, uh -huh. and gave everyone a show before. Um, but I like, I love my industry. I love my career. And, you know, the, as I age, it just goes so much more hand in hand with golf as we realize that golfers are athletes and they do need to work out and strengthen themselves and stretch and, and do all these things that I've been doing for years within the fitness industry, you know? Yeah. So uh, in terms of the, the actual fitness side of it itself, how did you get into the coaching? Have you just always been somebody that's been into fitness and decided that you wanted to teach that to other people? How, how did that kind of journey start? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this. So um, I have always played athletic and, you know, been athletic, played sports. Um, actually growing up, I played golf in high school. So that was my main sport. And we'll, we'll get more into the golf mm -hmm. history kind of stuff. But um, I, as a young kid, had a really strong interest to be in shape. And so my sister was a runner and I was never a runner. Um, but I insisted on doing the cross country um, summer training just to get in shape with her. I did track one season and there was a heavy emphasis on, you know, one day a week we were strength training. And I think that actually grew my love for fitness because I always see this gap between adults of you know, what sports did you play growing up? Oh, and then mm -hmm. you stopped playing sports and you stopped working out and then you had to teach yourself how to do fitness. And so it, it's this transition of like, you know, sports are not going to the gym. And a lot of people have a problem when they're not like motivated by catching a ball to like do the running, you know? And so I think for a lot of adults, it's hard to fall in love with fitness because it almost feels like the punishment that you had when you were doing athletics as a child. Um, for me, it was a little bit different because I enjoyed the strength training aspect of the athletics as a kid. Um, I did, you know, a variety of sports. I was a swimmer for a very long time as well. And so I think I always enjoyed that like adrenaline rush of working out and kind of getting that, you know, serotonin flowing. Um, and so then I actually, when I went to college, I was a business major and at the time I was thinking, okay, maybe I would want to be a physical therapist. And I, the other girl I knew who was going that route became a fitness instructor and she would teach classes in between, you know, her college courses. And, um, I just thought it was a great, like what a great hands-on way to kind of get to experience working with clients, seeing mm -hmm. if you like to teach movement, um, and seeing if, you know, that kind of more professional side of things with, you know, being a PT 
would that light my fire up? So I became an instructor. I actually took a course. I went to Arizona State. I took a course on how to become an instructor, a fitness instructor. And then that was a side gig I had throughout college. And I had no intentions of going into, you know, fitness and health for my career path. So mm -hmm. upon graduation, I went into banking and I just could not sit all day long. It's just, it was so <laughs> not me. Um, and so very quickly I learned like, okay, we're going to quit this job. You're going to, you know, get back into fitness. You're going to take clients. Cause you really enjoyed that when I was in college. And so I, I feel really lucky that I kind of stumbled upon it. Like how could my like side gig in college, like end up being my career. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was just meant to be. <laughs> No, I mean, it's, that's so true. You obviously had that passion for it. And you still realize, don't you, in a, an office job or something like that, when it's just not what you want to do. You, you're obviously a very active person. I imagine in banking, you were sat at your desk a lot of the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, so completely. Fun. And it was like, I really did the way I described myself back then was I was like, I feel like a caged puppy dog. Like I have all this <laughs> energy. Like, and so I would wake up early and I'd go to the gym at 5am and then I'd go to work and I didn't like it. And then I would go back to the gym after and hit like a yoga class or, you yeah. know, just something because I just felt like I had all this caged up energy. And it was really then when I realized like, wow, I want to be working at this gym. I don't want to be just coming to it. Sure. I mean, I can tell that from your voice as well. Just listening to you talk about your job, how, how passionate you are about it and, and oh, yeah. out and stuff. So that's, that's awesome. So the work that you do with clients now, then is it related to sports then in some way, or is it just general fitness or is it a little bit of a, a mixture? Cause you obviously have general PTs that will just do getting fit, working out, but then you have ones that are maybe specific to golf or for football or, or whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, eventually, one of my goals is to um, do like, the, there's a several golf certifications that you can do that coincide with fitness as well. Um, I don't, I'm not specialized in, in golf performance now, but I would love to be because I think it would be really helpful as uh, you know, I grow up or not grow up more, I guess, and <laughs> continue playing golf my whole life. But no, right now, uh, my online program, I work a lot with, um, it's mostly women who work with me and they almost they work out and they know the concept of working out. So they're not beginners, um, but they just need to hit that next level. So it's really good for the people who kind of don't know how to challenge themselves. They find themselves in a plateau. And my, my program is a big balance of several different types of fitness. And so we'll do an upper body day, a lower body day, a hit cardio day. We have a Pilates day and a yoga day. So you really kind of cover all your bases. And by the time your body like recovers throughout the week of hitting each of those, you know, categories, you're ready for the next week. And okay. so it, we do practice a lot of, you know, things that would be applicable uh, for golf, a lot of rotational stuff, um, a lot of stretching. That's really good shoulder opening. And so um, just kind of based off of my own body and knowing what I need, it's probably it selfishly comes out as, you know, there's a lot of things that would be helpful for golf, but it's not specific to any sport at all. Okay. And then in terms of the golf then, so when did you sort of get into the golf and, and, and why? I know yeah. obviously you did it in high school. Did, were you doing it yeah. before that or was that the first time? Um, it, it was not the first time, uh, but that was the first time I took it seriously. And I was very, very lucky because I grew up in a household that my dad was a golfer and he played in college. And so, you know, there's pictures of me as an infant and my, my dad's putting a club in my hand just like <laughs> to take a picture. So I'm really lucky because I feel like many golfers, you know, if you don't grow up in a, in a household where your parents were golfing, it's very hard to get into, um, you know, just the cost to start even just buying your clubs and everything. So 
very, very lucky there that I had the support of my family to, you know, want me to be involved in golf. So throughout my childhood, every summer we would go to like the golf camps. And so it'd be like, you know, drop off for the day. You're out there. I grew up in Arizona, so mm-hmm. 115 degree heat. Yeah, and you yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been there. I've experienced it. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, there's like, what 50 kids out on the range and we're hitting out there for a couple hours and you take a break uh-huh. and you go swimming and you come back out and you play a couple holes or whatever so I had a lot of experience golfing and I would always take like group lessons every Saturday um but really my first 18 holes I ever played was in high school so I kind of transitioned from junior high to high school because I really didn't want to keep swimming into high school I was swimming is probably my natural sport um but I just felt that like golf is so much more applicable to the rest of your life you're never going to hit up a buddy and be like hey let's go swim laps yeah like, that's not fun <laughs> so just like seeing what joy golf brought to my dad's life really made me want to take the time to get good at it uh, in high school and so I wasn't very good in high school some of my scores would be like 115 for the day and we're playing desert courses where every single you know ball and drop and out of bounds counts and uh-huh you're playing against girls who don't necessarily want you to do well. And so it was a really tough experience. It was like a rude awakening. But now that I've done that, you know, I'm at the point in my game where I feel very comfortable not practicing and then just going out once a month and, you know, shooting an 80. Like it it feels good to have that foundation built. Um, And then after graduating high school, I really didn't play much in college. And now I just play socially. Okay. So during high school, was it just with friends or was it actual like local competitions that you were playing in or... Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was both. So I played for my high school team. And so we would have, we would play nine whole um, like tournaments during the season. And then for our state and our regional tournaments, it was two day, 18 holes. And so um, that's when I played like for my high school. But then during the summer, I would play a competitive junior league in Tucson, Arizona, actually. And so it'd be um, every week there was a two day tournament. And so that that ended up being a lot of golf throughout the four years that I was playing. you know, going to high school in Tucson. And then actually upon graduating high school, I ended up working for that same organization to throw the junior golf tournaments the following years. So I was very in touch with golf even after I finished my competitive playing. Yeah. What made you not want to play in college then? Was it anything in particular, particular reason why you stopped? You know, I, sometimes I wonder if I should go back and do it all over again. Um, <laughs> I, I really wanted to, to go to a really big university. And so in Arizona, I got an amazing opportunity to get free tuition at the three in-state big schools. And at that level, I wasn't, you know, ready to compete with those girls. I, I wouldn't have made the team. You know, I could have tried being a walk-on. Um, but at that rate as well, I figured, well, if you're going to put so much effort into, you know, having appointments and going to you know, your practice, like, why not just have a job and then get money for it? And so sure. it, was, it was conflicting because I didn't really have a lot of resources, you know, coming in during my college years. It was all on me. And so working was much more important to me than finding a place just to play golf. And at that point, mm-hmm. I already had free school. So it's not really like the golf scholarship would have done it for me. Um, and so, you know, it, it honestly did kind of come down to a financial decision. Um, yeah. But I'm happy with my decision because, like I said, I didn't totally enjoy the competitive part of playing in these tournaments. It's, it's a lot of pressure. It's sure. not fun and enjoyable, in my opinion, because I think I'm a competitive person. And when I play socially now, like I'll get hard on myself and I really want to perform well. Um, but it's one of those things that you're not just miserable out there for, you know, four to six hours in these sure. tournaments. You're, you're walking, you're not allowed to touch your phone. Like 
you know, you're, it, there's a lot of rules to follow. And it, it, for me, it took the joy out of the game. So I'm really happy with where I'm at, where I, I don't have to compete like that. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine college golf in, in the States is really competitive as well. I don't know what the, the program is like at Arizona. I know like the football program is, is super competitive. They've got a great football team there, but I imagine the golf program there as well is, is a really high standard, really competitive. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very top notch. In fact, um, you know, the recruiters and the coaches, they'll go find girls from anywhere in the world. Like they've got a lot of international players uh, year, several years before they're ready to come to college. So mm -hmm. they've kind of already got a lineup, you know, probably three, four years out of, you know, girls that they're watch keeping their eye on. And so for me, that didn't really assist that I didn't start playing and putting up competitive numbers that were, you know, on scoreboards, on leaderboards online, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, until I was in high school, because at that point, you know, they already knew the girls who were in high school who were already competing at such a high level. And so sure. if you want to take it seriously, you do have to get involved at a very young age. It's not like you can just show up at the audition and just show them how stellar you are your senior year. They've got to know about you, you know, probably sophomore year. Yeah, because it's not just the pressure of playing in the competitions there as well. I mean, I imagine the college golf is all televised there as well. So if you were to play yeah. on like a college team, you know, you've got that you've got interviews, stuff like that being in the media. And it's, it's still a lot of pressure even for, for a teenager, late, you know, teenager, isn't it? No, it, it completely is. And like, you know, the school I went to Arizona state, it's a huge school. When I was going there, there was 80,000 students. It's in the mm -hmm. pac 12, you know, a lot of people in this Southwest region of the U S that I live in, they, honestly enjoy watching collegiate sports sometimes more than watching the professional sports okay. um and so it's it's very popular and I don't think people are going around watching the women's golf team um so to speak but for sure people are involved in knowing like oh the baseball the football like what's going mm -hmm. on and for example um at the, at the ASU uh the ASU team Phil Mickelson's uh brother is one of the coaches and so you know they get these amazing resources and I'm sure Phil visits the team as well because he was a sun double um back yeah. in the day and so, yeah, I mean, it's really top notch. It's super competitive. And um, I wouldn't have made the team, to be honest. So <laughs> that's part of my decision as well. But I didn't want to find a small school just to go to. I really wanted to be a part of the big university experience. Sure. And then, so where are you at now? You said you're playing, obviously, just casually. I mean, with your with your day-to-day -day fitness, are you doing workouts that, that kind of incorporate stuff to do with the golf swing then? Or how, how kind of seriously yeah. are you taking that side of it? Well, definitely. I mean, I don't um, ever really set up to be like, okay, this one workout is intended to improve my golf game, but everything that I really work on goes into the golf swing. And so it's like, you know, I do a ton of balance work for myself, a lot of core work, stability, motion stuff. Um, and then the mobility stuff is just so key. I mean, I'll go out there and, you, you know, you can see kind of what, especially being in my field, you can see what players struggle with based on like how they swing the ball or can they rotate their shoulders no you can't do that oh you get off balance every time you finish your your stroke you know that's a lot of we need to build the core for that and sure. so I do all these things that probably go into aiding and assisting in my swing and one thing I have noticed is that over time and as I've gotten more involved in fitness I mean I hit the ball just so much further and I know it's because my strength is built up. And so it does play a huge part into my game. And probably the fact that, you know, I play with uh, my best girlfriend, her name is Alyssa Kesar. She's new lady golfer on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And she's always amazed that she's like, you never practice, you don't take lessons and you just come out here and you compete with me. And I'm like, well, you know, when you have 18 years of a foundation of kind of working on your swing, like, yeah, it should just work when you go out there. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, I think it'd be a lot different if I didn't keep up with, you know, my workouts or it didn't ever play, you know, it'd be a different story, but, um, for sure the workouts play a huge part into my golf game and, and even the confidence of going out there and, and knowing that I can hit. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Like what somebody could do if they've just got the, the body in the right, the right, um, not state of mind, but the, the right yeah, physical, no, physical presence to be able to do it because, my uh, my girlfriend just started taking up golf recently, a, a few months ago, and she's literally had no experience of it. She's had experience of baseball because she's from Panama, so they play a lot of baseball. Um, and she just literally went straight into the studio with the same teacher that I've got, and she was just able to do the right movements without much teaching. She just watched a couple of videos, and the, the movements she was able to do is like something that I've been trying to work on for two years since I started playing. Yeah. And she was yeah. able to do it straight away and she was hitting like the driver, you know, almost as far as me straight away. And it was just incredible. And it was all because yeah. she's somebody that likes to work out. She's, you know, she's, she's in fit and in shape. She does yoga and, yeah. and that's it. And she doesn't have any experience of playing golf, but she just has a, her body in the right place. It's incredible. It totally. It makes such a big difference when you have the body awareness and, you know, it sounds like she's a great learner too, because a lot of people, you know, they can watch you, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be able to replicate it. So for someone who can have that neurological connection of like, oh, I see what they're doing. I see what I need to do. And then be able to bring your arms back and like mimic the motion. I mean, that's so important, but I can't tell you how many times when I see new golfers, like a wood chop kind of swing or, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of goofy stuff that you can get started with, but um, it, it makes a big difference when you're much more aware of your body. And, you know, I think the yoga plays a huge part into that, um, that, you know, you talked about that she does because I, I got very involved in yoga for for a while i've been a little less in touch with it probably just once a week now but when i was teaching in the gym i would teach multiple classes and a week of yoga and mm -hmm. i just feel like the the control the stability that you receive out of each of those postures and poses like while you're thinking about where are my shoulders what are my arms doing how are my legs stable do i need to open a little bit more i mean those are all the questions you go through your head when you're setting up for your golf swing how's my grip does this feel normal is the ball close enough when i sweep it on the ground does it go back smooth do i need to start over you know it's like you're constantly getting this feedback from the brain and body connection and so sure. i really think that the the more fit and athletic and you know easy it comes to you to have the body awareness the easier your golf swing will be yeah. And it was, I like the point that you made there about the wood chopping because I actually had a similar thing. And my issue was on the downswing, I was having issues shallowing the club and my backswing was always really nice. I'd, I'd go up to kind of nice L position, left arm really straight. But yeah. then I was just hacking straight down towards the floor instead of it coming by kind of like my right hip and, and making cleaner contact. And I always thought the downswing was the problem, but really what I needed to do was probably get a little bit more out and wider with the backswing to start with, to allow yeah. the club to then come from that position by my right hip. But yeah. I was coming just from the top because I couldn't get that rotation and, and twist in my body um, yeah. until I started to do a little bit of stuff like yoga, et cetera. So, I mean, out of all the things that you do and that you've seen, what would you say the most important parts are uh, in relation to the golf swing would it be yoga and the stretching would it be general exercising and strengthening the muscles or is it just a little bit of a mixture of everything I really believe it's the stretching to be honest because you know you don't have to be a super buff person to go and play golf I mean even if I stood up right now it's like it's not like my you know arms and biceps are super built up and that's why I can hit the ball so well but sure. it's about the flexibility and it's about the control and um and I think from the get-go it makes a big difference when you do have a, an instructor and a teacher like you were mentioning like 
your girlfriend's already getting lessons. And so I really think that one is piecing together your swing, knowing like, you know, the pinpoints of, oh, I go here, I come through that three o'clock, I square back off for that six o'clock, you know, it's like knowing exactly what, you know, pieces of the puzzle you need. But then also you have to have the flexibility, you've got to get those shoulders to be perpendicular to your hips, you've got to be able to control them and come back through, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to have your hips be stable while you turn and use your upper body and then really engage the lower body as you follow through. Um, with that swing. And so I do think that stretching would make a much bigger difference in probably the majority of players out there who, you know, are those weekend warrior players or all are those casual players didn't ever play in a professional setting, but, you know, maybe love golf now, or they grew mm-hmm. up playing golf a little bit. What I do notice, I mean, I can, I'm speaking on behalf of my own brother and my dad. I know they don't stretch daily. And I know that if they just incorporated five minutes of some mobility and stretches, like, you know they'd be unstoppable yeah yeah well that was what I was going to move on to as well warming up because just doing the exercise and the stretching on on a daily basis is one thing but warm-up is also key and I've heard a lot of pros talk about this in terms of the difference that you'll see in not only performance but general distance as well if you do warm up and stretch the body properly before a round and as you rightly said, there's a lot of people, I mean, I've been guilty of it myself that maybe we're just running late or maybe we just can't be bothered, but we go straight to the range or straight to a round and, and just start playing without even barely doing a stretch. Yeah, I know. I think it's very natural for golfers to do that because it's not one of those athletics. Like, you know, if you're thinking about a track and field star and they're a sprinter, you know, you really need every single part of your body to be on fire for that. And for golf, it ends up being really social. It ends up being, you know, the the athletics part kind of does get taken out when it is just the social, because like you're saying, you can show, you know, right on time to go to your tea time. You can go straight to the range. Like you might even grab a drink. So there's a lot of things about golf that don't really coincide with like how serious of an athletic that it is. However, I do think that, you know, doing a couple stretches, whether it's just like a couple overhead, you know, swings with your clubs, some side bends, you know, getting your neck prepped, like doing all your ranges of motion, same with your back, forward, back, side, side, rotate. I think that you're going to be in just such a better position because if you do have anything physically going on, which every single day we have something going on, whether you kind of slept a little wrong or you got out of bed too quick or, you know, something is just sore, even your body's going to change and and adapt. and, And you want to have your body almost at this like homeostasis like let's start fresh let's have this like baseline like good to go kind of you know mentality with you know your neurological connection and so I do think it's really important to have some kind of routine when you get to the course you know a couple stretches here and there before you even really start whacking at that ball because Mm -hmm. you know the great part about stretching too is it's not just that it's so wonderful for your recovery and your performance but it is so important to you know not get injured you know the the worst thing that can happen to anyone who's doing something for fun is that they get hurt and then they can't, you know, go and pick up their kid when they get home from the golf course. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you know, that could be prevented. So that's why, you know, stretching is so important. Yeah. And I think golf is one of those few sports as well that you can also have a decrease in performance without really knowing about it. Because for example, I mean, I played a lot of soccer and I'm a big fan of like, you know, American football, et cetera. Normally if you're hurt in those sports, you already know it's an injury where you just know it's hurting and you're not going to be able to perform at your best. But with golf, you might just have like, as you mentioned, a slight twinge in your back or your neck from sleeping wrong or whatever it may be. And if you've not 
you know, iron that out with some stretching, it could probably affect you without you actually feeling the pain during the swing, but it's mm -hmm. not allowing your body to do something that normally it can do in the swing and therefore affecting your performance. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and it can irritate it even further and you might yeah. not even make the connection that it was because of the golf game. And so, but yeah, you, you make a great point with that with we, soccer players. Like if your ankle feels weird, you know it because you you are like this came from soccer I know exactly when, when it happened I'm going to wrap it I'm going to do all these things yeah but for golf it's like I don't there's just like kind of a disconnect like it doesn't feel like people take it that way mm -hmm. yeah because I, I had a little bit like a, a niggly injury in the right hand side of my back and again it some days it would hurt after golf but then apart from that it wouldn't bother me so I just kind of ignored it and, and wasn't stretching and then I started to notice, notice that I was slicing a lot of shots to the right and I think it wasn't allowing me to turn my back all the way around on the downswing and therefore leaving my body and the, therefore the club slightly open to the right and and I think that was why so yeah it's uh, super key yeah so um in terms of like your your game apart from the fitness side have you got a coach as well that you work with or you just kind of practice on your own that's a great question I don't and I'm kind of craving one like I'm at the point where I used to be like way better than all my friends that I would go out and play with and now they're kind of catching up to me and I'm like I don't like this like I still want to be the best one and not have to practice but <laughs> I um I definitely am kind of craving one my only coach my whole life has been my father and so he What's great about, you know, how I played golf and I didn't, you know, play too seriously as like a really young kid was that I still kept in touch with learning how to swing a club. And mm -hmm. so I was always very, like, I always made great contact with the ball, which I think that beginner golfers don't have that advantage, but it almost felt like when I really like started playing and that, I mean, started playing holes in golf, not just hitting the driving range with my dad. But when I started playing, I already had so many years of practice at the range that it just set me up to you know, just learn how to have course management from there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much about developing my swing. I already had my swing. My swing probably hasn't really changed since my freshman year of high school to now. So yeah. I do think that really, you know, helped me in my golf journey. Um, and I, like I said, I do think that it's time almost to like revamp and try to get a coach and get new clubs and everything because it is important and you do, you know, it, it feels so good when you play well you know, no one really wants to go out there and be like, oh, yeah, you know, whacked it 100 times today again. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, anyone can benefit from a coach. But it, it sounds like you're quite analytical with your swing, though, as well. You know, you, you, it sounds like you have a bit of a thought process where you, you're talking through your different parts of the swing. So, I mean, would you normally be somebody that's recording your swing and looking back on it and analyzing all that and then in, trying to incorporate that into some sort of practice? Yeah, I do a little bit and I'm actually not too, I wouldn't say that I'm very good at analyzing my own swing, um, but what's helped me similar to you is um, my boyfriend is starting to golf now. And so um, it's kind of bringing me back to, you know, the lessons or the golf camps I did go to earlier on and what my, what would my dad say, you know, in response to this swing here. And so for me now, I, I think I am a little bit more analytical about my swing. You know, I'll see when I take it a little too far over the top or my tempo is off or like, oh, did you see on, you know, your takeaway for the backswing? Like, you know, I didn't really follow the, the grass line as far as I could before taking it up and over. It's like I caught on the inside. So there are little things that I'm able to pick up on due to just like, you know, taking the slow-mo videos or just a regular video. And what's really been great, I think, about Instagram and social media is that it encourages everyone to share something. And so... Mm -hmm. I have shared a lot of my golf swing and my golf game on Instagram in the past, you know, year or so. And what's really neat is being able to watch 
play back and watch yourself. It's kind of like, you know, you're seeing that you see the pros on the TV and now you get to watch yourself play. And you can learn a lot just from studying your swing or little things that you would like to change. And so something that I always notice is like, if I don't have a smooth backswing, if I kind of, I call it stutter, stutter mm -hmm. against the grass, I know I'm just kind of setting myself up for failure. So it's really important to me that like, you know, those almost like pre-shot routine type things are, are done really well so that your mind is just ready to like hit that same motion, that same muscle memory that you've always had. Yeah. And you obviously doing a lot of work on your Instagram, mainly with the fitness stuff, but are you like connecting with people and, and kind of giving them advice on their, the goal swings when you're seeing these different videos that get put on there and stuff like that? Are you? Are you getting involved in that uh, kind of thing? Not, not really. I mean, I'll give the advice to my boyfriend. If anyone wants to ask me for advice, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you my two cents, but I can't tell you that it's the top two cents you're ever going to have. <laughs> no, no, but it'd be good, you know, obviously if you did move more into kind of doing the, you could have your own kind of workout side just for the sports side of it as well, couldn't you? Of, of yes, what's important for golf, et cetera. That's a great point you bring up. It's, it's one of my future goals. I really actually would love to uh, just, you know, kind of create contracts with various golf courses and then be able to come in and offer their um, their members like a yoga for golfers day type stuff. So that is something that I, I have been thinking about for a while just because I know how much it's impacted my game. And I know it would be so great for, you know, these golfers because, you know, another part of this is I think generationally and age gap wise, there's a disconnect from the older generation. They didn't like work out just to work out. Like when I think about my mother and my father, like they I don't, I never grew up with them going to be like, oh, okay, honey, I'm going to the gym now. Like you got the kids, like they didn't do that. And so, sure. um, and they definitely never took yoga classes. And so I think this is something that you know, the older generation just wasn't really in touch with. And it could be so beneficial for, you know, golfers of any age, of any history and of any level. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you point that out. Cause you know, if you're looking at people that are older, are you or would you kind of change like the workout or the fitness routines that they're doing as compared to maybe somebody that's 20 30 years old or does it normally stay the same throughout the the different generations for you I would say that the motions stay the same like you definitely want to practice your rotational you know movements you want to definitely keep every you know a strong base and keep your legs strong and everything but what's going to change is the the challenge the resistance amount so you know how much weight you're adding in you know when we're younger, we can handle a lot more weight and we notice the shifts and changes in our body. Well, as our body ages, our joints just can't handle as much of that resistance. And we don't really want to push it during those times because we want to sustain those joints for as long as possible. And so sure. I think that, you know, as you, as you get older, um, you know, your body does weaken a little bit, but that's why resistance training is so good because it will keep you in that top notch shape. But if I were to start with someone today, let's say that they're 65 years old, haven't really worked out, but they love to play golf, but now they're noticing some pain, you know, as they play 18 holes, they can't get through the whole thing. It probably is a muscular thing. Like they probably do just need to train their muscles a little bit more to, you know, have the endurance to last through, through the entire, uh, the entire round for them. But as far as like the motions, it, it doesn't really change unless there's an injury. Like, unless I know that someone has a torn ACL or, you know, they, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know. They have, you know, previous knee injuries. We're not going to just change because of their age. So it doesn't matter. Like any person at any age and at any stage can still do, you know, a hinge can still do a squat, can still do a push, can still do a pull, like mm -hmm. all of these general motions that are, you know, a part of fitness when it comes down to it, they can still do their rotation. So those things just need to be like refined over time. So I wouldn't change like the motions, but I would change maybe, the um the weight amount and then also 
it just depends on the person. Like if this person, if an older person struggles with like a balance issue, you know, we're going to do a lot of, you know, an instability mat where you're standing on it and you're holding one knee up. You know, if you were younger and we wanted to work on this and I felt really comfortable, I'd hand you a 25 pound kettlebell to hold in one arm. So there's different things that you can throw in there to always amplify or modify the movements. Um, But as far as those core movements, I would say, you know, it doesn't matter the age, we're doing them all. Mm -hmm. And is there any common themes that you've seen in golf swings or, or just in people in general, whereby if they're doing something wrong regularly, it's normally down to one thing that they are lacking in terms of fitness or something that they need to strengthen in their body. Is there many kind of common themes that you've seen like that? And if so, what are they? That's a really good question. I would say no, because I'd say if someone has one weak area in their body, they're most likely going to be weak all over. You know, it's not like someone's going to be like, oh, they have the strongest glutes I've ever seen, but that upper body, like they have terrible posture. Like (laughs) normally when you get into fitness, you do get into the entire body composition, whether, you know, it doesn't even need, you know, you don't, when I say get into fitness, I don't even mean it in a professional, like, oh, you work in fitness stance, but someone who's going to take fitness classes, um, you know, there's huge trends in fitness always. So what I see a lot of in in Southern California is people are obsessed with spin. So they love to do cycle classes uh, or they even just like to ride their outdoor bikes. A lot of people around here as well. So that would, that would be a form of exercise that I would say that is gonna, you know, kind of underdevelop the upper body because you're really not using it. And then you are so lower body heavy and you, since you're sitting, you are kind of shortening that, that so as, so it's just the same problem as anyone who sits in a desk all day long. And then they get up and want to do their Peloton class. It's like, well, it's probably not the best for you because you've been in this kind of crunch down position all day anyway. And now we're just going to do it on a bike for exercise. So I do think that there, of course there's um, imbalances throughout the body, but mm-hmm. people who really do want to get into fitness, I just want to stress that it is important to you know, think of your total body and that you don't have to do a total body workout every single time. If you love spin, give me a couple spin classes a week, but make sure that you're working out those shoulders as well to again, injury prevent, um, strengthen, and then help your performance on the course. Yeah. And one thing I was talking to a friend of mine about, who's also a fitness trainer is trying to find that balance between how much you actually work out during the week. Let's say we're talking about somebody that's, you know, maybe playing in local competitions or is trying to take their goal very seriously. So, you know, how would you recommend they balance, let's say, their, their seven days a week um, between working out and then also practicing golf? Because, you know, you do a full body workout, as you mentioned, and then go and try and play around a golf or go and practice. It can be very difficult. For sure. And that's a great that's a great point to bring up. Personally, when I take a golf day, I don't work out on that day. My golf round is my workout. And, you know, that sounds silly to some people. But for one, I think that your golf swing does open up your body. And so it is almost a form of stretching in itself. So it's almost like an active day off for myself. But you do burn calories, you are working hard, you do sometimes feel sore. Um, And so I think it's totally safe to when you have those more intense days, you don't need to feel like you have to do a workout. Now, Mm -hmm. ideally resistance training should be done about three times a week. And so those are, you know, your heavier lifting days, or even the days that you just use weights or dumbbells at home, um, are, those are like, you wanted to hit at least the three of those days. Now on your other days, those can be kind of a, a yoga day. You could just go for a long walk. I mean, it doesn't need to be a crazy intense one hour to two hour long workout every single time. Now for golf athletes who like you're describing, who are playing seven times a week, I would really just try to hit those two to three kind of strength training days. And maybe one day where they're doing something that's going to elevate their heart rate a little bit, whether that is going kind of for a power walk where they like to jog, they like to swim, spin class, you know, something that you're really getting a nice sweat on making that heart pump a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, I'd say for someone who's taking their game that seriously, you know, it doesn't take much because they already are very active. Now, of course, yeah. diet is going to play into that too. So I can't really speak on, <laughs> on everything about that. You're going to want to be eating healthy as you're doing this. But yeah, for the golfer who's going all the time and getting a ton of balls and shots in, I would say that you don't need to go crazy on your workouts, feeling like you're not already being active. Yeah, and you've led me right onto my next kind of question there. In terms of the nutrition side, um, what sort of diet are you recommending for for somebody again that's taking it fairly seriously? And you know, in terms of recovery and and for you know, let's maybe not building muscle, but that are uh, in the gym strengthening their muscles to improve their golf. What sort of diet would you recommend somebody is is, is so, doing? During I mean, the, week? the diet diet is everything so it just it comes down to that and I'm sorry to say it but you've got to think about you know if, if you relate it to your car the gas you put into your car it takes an effect if you were to put in half gasoline and half water or french fries and gas like what do you think is going to happen to your car it's not going to work well and so you know our bodies are machines and we do have to take extremely good care of them now it's not that I prescribe a certain specific type of diet um you know in general but I do really want to stress the importance of finding out what your food sensitivities are and what, you know, your allergies are, because that's really going to hold you back. I actually, I've always been into nutrition, but I've never actually gone through and done uh, the testing. Mm -hmm. And now at this point, I've done um, a genetic test, two different blood tests and, um, and personal testing where I did an elimination diet and reintroduced foods. Well, what I found out through this whole journey is that I am allergic to shellfish. I am allergic to wheat and I'm allergic to dairy. Now, I grew up Italian, those three things I was eating all the time my entire life. Now, the problem is when you eat something that you're sensitive or allergic to, it's going to create inflammation in your body. And mm -hmm. when your body is dealing with inflammation, so you can get inflammation even just from an injury or an irritated you know, joint or something, but you can also get it from very easily from the foods that we eat. So for example, if you eat fried foods, that creates and keeps inflammation in your body for three days. Okay. That's a crazy amount of recovery time just because you wanted to have French fries. And I'll admit, I had some fried food last night and even this morning <laughs> I was like, I should not have done that. I do not feel good. What the <laughs> heck is going on? Um, but that inflammation is going to stop your body from doing things like building more muscle or fully recovering or you know all the cell turnover that you need to go through during your sleep. And it's just going to target getting the inflammation down because it has to get the inflammation down before it can do anything else productive. And so if you're eating a, a diet that maybe you don't even know, like, oh, you're allergic to eggs and you're allergic to broccoli and you have omelets every morning, you are really putting yourself at a disadvantage to get stronger, to reach your fitness goals. Even it's going to affect everything in your life. You're not going to sleep as well. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's going to affect your mood, your brain fog. And so I am such a firm believer on what we put into our bodies is everything. For sure. Kind of nail down your specific diet, and I have suggestions for different testing on how to do that. But if you can nail down, like I know these foods are good for my body because not all foods are good for everybody. Sure. Well, Stefania, thank you for taking the time out to do this today. I really appreciate you, and really appreciate all that insight. Um, for anybody that wants to check you out, could you let everybody know where they can find you on social media, etc.? Yeah, thank you so much. So um, Instagram is a very easy way to connect with me. My Instagram name is my full name, my first name and my last name. I'll spell it out here. S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-A-O-C-H-S. And feel free to shoot me a message. We can chat anything. Golf, fitness, food. I love it all. Perfect. Thank you very much, Stefania. Pleasure to meet thank you. Great talking you. to you. Yeah, you as well. Bye. Thank you.